Now that I planned it out, I'm going to mess it all no, up. No, no, no. <laughs> but you could do if it. If I said nothing, it would have you been You could do it more than one take if necessary. <laughs> We've had some retakes today. I've been a problem all day and I'm the host. She's awesome. Okay. And I love her I, so much also, for doing this. It's like a lot of mental energy to do this all day. <laughs> it's a long day. Yeah, I bet. I'm Todd Lyons. I'm Natalie Crandall. I'm Joyce Silver. And this is the Innovate On Demand podcast. Surge Team is a group of employees with no ongoing files. Instead, they exist to tackle priority initiatives identified by deputy ministers and other senior government officials. The assignments are time-sensitive, complex, and innovative, and as such, depend on employees suited to this type of dynamic work. But how do you find the right people to perform in an environment of frequent change? Hey, Joyce. Hi. Welcome. How are you today? I'm good. How are you guys? Good. I just thought maybe we'd let people know right off the bat. All of us here in the room know each other. Yeah. And Joyce yeah. and I actually work in the same branch. Not uh, only that, but we're like, I can throw things at you from my desk if I want to. <laughs> this is true, although you haven't yet. I welcome the day when you start throwing things at me. I'm a little bit disruptive at work. For those who might be shocked to hear that on our podcast it's series. All, it's friendly. Um, Joyce, so I actually have a question that I have been saving for the day that you would get into the recording studio. <laughs> Bring it on. Um, and, and so I've heard a rumor. I have had – actually, I've heard a very interesting rumor about your team and yeah. I want to know everything about this. Okay. Essentially, I've heard that you actually only hire colleagues on team consensus, that that your whole team has to agree to new hires. Well, of all the rumors that you could have heard about our team, I'm glad that we're talking about that that one and not some of the other ones. Uh, <laughs> wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> wait. Back up. Okay. We might all need right. to cancel the next yeah. session, Todd. <laughs> uh, no. In fact, I can verify – it's not a rumor. It's the truth. We do hire on consensus. Um, and I, I'm happy to talk a little bit more about it. I will start, though, with a bit of a disclaimer. We follow HR rules. This happens within systems. We don't have special sort of permissions. We do have, you know, uh, my DG, who is your DG, John Gorey, Section 35 manager. He has the authorities to do this. That is how it's all done. I don't want to get anyone in trouble <laughs> or give the perception that this is somehow not sort of above board. So when we talk about hiring on consensus, it's really about the sort of the fit aspect of it. Uh, everyone that joins the team from other places within the government, it's usually either a lateral transfer or they're pulled from a, an existing pool if it's a promotion. We do also do through our interview process um, some skill testing questions. Like there, it's not as formal as a, an exam in a process, but there is that sort of process. Um, so, so you're, you're checking for fit. You're not assessing. Yeah. The person's already pre-assessed by virtue of being in a pool or at level. Yeah, exactly. So I just want to just want to yeah. make that fully. So we're fully transparent and people understand sort of what, at what level this activity is happening on. So once all that has happened um, or sort of as we are meeting with people and talking to them, we verify those things. But the consensus base is. So I've been on the team for about six months, so I've only gone, th gone through this a couple of times. So I will talk about it from my sort of perception of how the process works. 
the summer realized we had a few positions we needed to fill. We sat down as a team and actually talked about the skills that we needed on the team. So it started even before we started talking to people. We do a lot of our hiring either through people referring people to us or people that we know are good from different places. Um, and so we had a few names in mind and we sat down and said, OK, well, we, we need these skills to such and such a person sort of like who fits into that category. So even before the interviews started to happen. There is that discussion as a team uh, about those things. And then once we sort of figured all of that out, or had, I shouldn't even say figure it out because this is all pretty organic. Once we had some idea of where we were going with that, uh, we then start bringing people in to have discussions. And we are now a big enough team. There's about 10 of us that we tend to do it in two to three meetings. Um, so groups of four, three, four, five people will come in. We'll have an informal conversation with the candidate. They usually last an hour, sometimes an hour and a half. If the, the discussion is really flowing. And it's really an opportunity for both us to meet the candidate and sort of see what we think of them, but also for the candidate to meet us and see what they think of us. And we try to be super open and transparent about what the team does, how we operate, all of our flaws, all of our, like all of the great things, um, because we want to make sure that People who come in want to be there. Like we want to work with people who want to work with us. And so once all that has happened and we've had these discussions, uh, candidates will check references as well. Candidates are welcome to come, up, come back to us with questions if they have questions afterwards. Uh, we will then sit down as a team and have a discussion. And usually, well, I shouldn't say usually, I've been involved only in a handful of processes, but coming to a decision, people are, tend to be on the same page. Um, so it's not that. <laughs> so you found it fairly easy to get to consensus. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Because uh, we've all, I mean, we've all sort of sat through the same two or three. Uh, well, each one of us have, have sat through a meeting with a few other people. And so we talk about the fit, the skills, uh, what role we think they could play on the team. So it's really, uh, yeah, it's really very consensus driven. Um, we can ask questions of our director or DG about sort of if there are issues that we're not sure about. Uh, so that's how the process works. Very cool. Now, something <laughs> struck me as you were talking, particularly when you started talking about identifying the skills gap you need on the team. Yes. And I thought maybe for our listeners, we could pause here and you could explain a little bit what the surge capacity team does because you guys have such a unique niche in, in what you're doing. Indeed. Uh, so the team is about a year old. And so I think that actually our sort of how we work and what we do is still evolving. We are... Uh, known, most well known as the surge team. I think formally we are actually priority initiatives, um, but I've only ever seen that in writing. Uh, and so what we do is if a department, it's all, almost all of our work is done with departments outside of their groups outside of the school. So not there is a little bit of work done in the side of the school. If department needs extra capacity, different skills, uh, just sort of a fresh thinking. They're a bit stuck in an area. Uh, we can come in and we can help them. Uh, we do facilitated sessions. We do policy briefs. We, Some of my colleagues set up a tool for transition that helps departments track everything and creates like real-time dashboards that PCO can look at. So mm -hmm. we're able to look at through tra transition so they could see how things are doing. So we really do a whole variety of things based on uh, sort of what's out there. Um, it's super cool. I really love it, both in the school and for the public service of the future. I think I personally have a lot of friends who are public servants. They often ask me, why, what does this have to do with the school's mandate? You're a learning institution. Mm -hmm. I explain it as that we're a little bit like an applied research branch of sort of the government that we are taking in real time. So part of our 
organizational ethos is that we are trying to learn all the time about different school skills, different applications. And so we take those things and try to apply them in real life scenarios. So both we are learning through the projects that we are doing. Hopefully the people that we are working with are also learning. Um, and then through podcasts like yours, Yay. we are able to share that information more broadly and let people know uh, what we're up to. Very cool. Yeah. I always imagine you guys, I mean, you sit next to me, right? And I see how hard <laughs> you work and it's quite high intensity sometimes you guys really work hard and deliver unbelievable stuff but i see you like a little fleet of these superstar experts and all sorts of oh, different things who run around and and really like i i just think i um it's an amazing actual service that you're providing to government because a deputy head or or management in any department can actually identify a problem and get like literally a whole team to come in and work on a dedicated thing for a sp specified period of time and, and actually deliver results quickly. So um, I I will just uh, say quickly that I will thank you for the compliment. Uh, I think all of my colleagues are are superstars. Or I work with really, really intelligent, dedicated, empathetic people. And I can't say enough good things about that. I think, though, that our, like, truly our secret sauce is in the fact that we are such a team. We collaborate, we iterate, we work together. Uh, and we are called Surge because we were able to bring people in. And so we do sprints on projects. It's not any one individual, but in fact, us as a collective is what makes us so powerful. Yes. And you seem to also be doing a lot of things to increase that uh, the, the capacity of our whole branch, actually. Uh, you guys seem to to be trying really hard to bring us all along for the ride. So tell me yeah. a little bit about that, because I personally really appreciate that. I can only speak to my work. I know that some of my colleagues, Stephen in particular, um, has been doing a lot of work with uh, you and some of your colleagues in the Pathfinders team. I have been working with uh, Zoe Langevin and um, some of the people sort of on that side of things just because I have a real interest in public sector innovation. And John, our DG, has been uh, very accommodating when I've requested to be involved in some of those things. I think that diversity sort of makes all of us better and getting different skills, different views, getting to dabble in a bunch of different things uh, really, really will make the entire branch better. Um, and we all benefit from being in close proximity to one another. Definitely. Yeah. Learning each other's lessons and all yeah. of those things. Yeah, yeah. So... Can I tell you a little bit more about the team? Yes, please do. Okay. So I've, to I've told you uh, sort of a bit about what we do. I won't get into any specific projects uh, for a variety of reasons, but I think coming back to the idea that we are best because we collaborate, uh, I think that like the consensus hiring, that some of our superhuman strength is in how the culture that we've built as a team. So another example of what we do, and I understand that this is easier for us than it would be for some people because we're project-based. After every project, we sit down as a team, regardless of whether the entire team has worked on the project or not, uh, and do a lessons learned session. Um, so we talk about all the things that we think went well, all the things we think that didn't go well. And I think in part because of the consensus, consensus hiring and we are so collaborative that we have a lot of team trust. Uh, and so those conversations are able to be, I don't want to say brutally honest because we're not, it's never meant to be, it's never meant to be brutal. It's never meant to be, um, uh, you did this wrong or you did that wrong. They're authentic. Um, they're authentic. They're very frank. And most often it's people raising their hands saying, I think I didn't do this very well as opposed to, to finger pointing. And that some, sometimes the conversations can last 
several hours. So it's not just a quick like check in. This is this is how this went, but actually really delving into the issues and what we can do differently next time. They've been really central to us coming together as a team and getting better on every single project and make, trying to make sure that we don't repeat mistakes. Because I think uh, when you're doing new things and you're trying new things, I don't know, I guess maybe they're not mistakes, but just things don't always go well because you haven't done them before. You're not practiced at them. We are a very new team, so we're still getting better at working together. Um, but that has really been super, super foundational for us in some of the work we do. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. Want to know something else? Yes. yes. <laughs> How can I be learning so much when I sit next to you? What's happening right now? <laughs> uh, so this one, uh, well, the consensus hiring people, when I tell people about that, their eyes usually sort of light up and they're like, that's so fascinating. I like, I want to do that on my team. Something else that I tell people about and their eyes sort of dim a little bit is that we actually <laughs> <laughs> we track our hours <laughs> um which i know that in your minutes uh, i've well, seen this happen down to down to the 30 minute increment we track our hours <laughs> i know this is not new i know that particularly cost recovery people who do cost recovery um have to because they need to be able to say how much money they spent on a particular project. Mm-hmm. And in full disclosure, we are moving to cost recovery. But we track our hours. I think it's really unusual for policy, sort of a, a team that is large. We are all EC, so largely policy, to do this. And we do it not to, again, it's not about finger pointing. Uh, we each have our own individual sheet. We use Smartsheet in case anyone, any sort of technological geek out there is wondering how we do this. We use we do use Smartsheet. We just moved to that system. I know my director and my DG, they don't go in and look at my individual sheet. So it's not about you said you spent this many hours, and you, but you only produce this much working on this project. They actually, at the end of every week, it's one person's responsibility on the team to go in and roll up everyone else's hours for the week. And we track based on project, uh, as well as sort of all the, you know, administrative team meetings, bylaws, all that sort of stuff. And then they give that roll up to our director and our DG. So they are able to understand how much time an individual project is taking versus other things. And the expectation is that we spend about 70% of our time working on projects and 30% of our time doing things like learning and just email and our branch, all staffs, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, all those other things you need to continue to do to be a good team. And so it gives them a sense of, how we are functioning. So full disclosure, I didn't know this was going to happen when I joined the team. Someone told me I had to do this. I was like, oh, man, I don't want to do this. I don't want to know these things. I don't want other people to know these things. It has improved how I work, I think, honestly. And I actually find it fascinating to go in now and look at either on the weekly or on the monthly basis how how my hours are breaking down and whether I actually am hitting that like 30% administrative versus 70% sort of project work. Yeah, it's super fascinating. I think it's it's made us better as a team. And I know, again, it's one of those things because we work on projects, it's a little bit easier for us to do it than other teams. But I really think that um, in terms of of focusing work and adding resources where they're needed or taking away resources perhaps where they're not needed, I, I like I just I can't say enough good things about it, despite the fact it's something that, yeah, most people react sort of have a negative reaction when you tell them that. <laughs> So. My eyes did dim a little bit, I admit. <laughs> I'm sorry, Todd. That's sad. <laughs> so I've actually seen their tool in Smartsheets, and it's it's really cool. Okay. Yeah. It's actually really cool. We had a little presentation on our team. I mean, we're not going to adopt it because <laughs> maybe I'm not ready far. to look at those statistics yet for myself. But January is a whole new year. I mean, so maybe, it's time maybe. for resolutions. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, but it is really interesting. And 
uh, all joking aside, in, in my team, we are going to be moving to having investing partners, uh, I'm sure, on some of the things that we're doing, in which case then it will become quite critical that we actually be able to to know some of that data. Yeah, I think I think one of the lessons that we're learning as a team uh, is that we tend to underestimate how long things are going to take us. And again, some of that is because we're working on projects that are new and the approach is sort of iterative and we're not quite sure where things are going to end up. That's understandable, but it really is helping us become more, well, I shouldn't say us. I have I have very little to do with the, the planning of projects from the point of view of, of staff time and whatnot. But I think helping my director and my DG plan for how long a specific project should and could take the staff hours available to do that. So I really, yeah, I think it's um, something that's been benefiting everyone. Cool. Yeah. Before we run out of time, sure. What's the favorite project you've ever worked on? On this team? On this just, team. Oh, okay. So I've only I've only worked on two so far. Okay. So I've only been on the team for six months. Right. So and one of them is still ongoing. Um so one it relates to digital government, which was super interesting. And I have to say that I think of the two, which is a very small sample size. <laughs> that one probably is is uh is the one that I prefer um, because the one that I'm working on right now relates to reconciliation, which is super, super, super important. And not just because of this government's mandate, but just it's it's fundamentally, as Canadians, reconciliation is one of the most important things we can support. So it's not about sort of belief in that level, but I prefer the digital government project because it's not something, despite the fact that I've worked in innovation for most of my public service career is not something I really knew a lot about before that project. And I have to say that after that two months or so, we prepared um, some educational projects for to help prepare senior managers to transition into digital government. I drank the Kool-Aid during that project. Like I'm I'm now a believer in the the need to move over, the need and and sort of all the things that that will take from Project management skills, which you saw a lot of in the mandate letters, all the way down to teaching individual public servants skills to understanding that you can't just digitize a process and expect it to function. You can't take broken processes and expect them to function better just because you've put a digital sort of like wrapping paper around them. Um, And that actually for processes to function best in a digital government, they need to be specific to the digital world. But yeah, I, I, so this is an area that admittedly I'm still a bit of a novice in, but really would love to learn more about. And I think working for me, this is one of the joys of working in project-based team where every, every project's going to be different. You don't know the topics uh, is that it's, it's sort of like being in university. I just get to learn about new things all the time, which for someone like me is really uh, it's my happy spot. Yeah. So I like yeah. the university too. Nice. Yeah. Nothing better than talking to people who found a way to chase their passion. I love it. Yeah. 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 And we need, we, uh, we need more of those in the public service. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you both. Thanks for coming in. Yeah. Great chat. You've been listening to Innovate on Demand, brought to you by the Canada School of Public Service. Our music is by Grapes. I'm Todd Lyons, producer of this series. Thank you for listening.